Here you go, folks. Carl Giannato. Thank you so much. Uh, anal sex, what a pain in the ass, right? Um, I already did a joke. How do you like that? I fucking snuck one in at the top. Or in the bottom. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. He's going to be a problem, I can already tell. Um, well, this isn't part of the show, but... That reminds me. I was talking to one of my friends a couple weeks ago about like sex stuff, stuff we like, stuff we try, stuff we've never tried. And she said to me, she said, anal sex is not on the table. I said, oh, all right. What about on the floor? Um, that's a bit of a thinker. You know, this isn't a thinking crowd. I can already tell. Um, uh, it is great to be back here. Uh, I drove because they wouldn't give me an airline ticket. And I know for a fact that we have an airport because the cheapest hotels are by the airport. That's where I have to stay. Thought we were friends, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I drove. And on the highway, just outside of town, I passed this big flashing sign that says, 165 traffic deaths this year on this road alone. And I thought, well, that's welcoming. Like, a lot of these towns I go into, there's a sign that says, shop our historic downtown, or visit our beautiful rose gardens. You guys are like, eh, you're probably going to fucking die. <laughs> that's comforting. Very true, yeah. So this is what I look like, you guys. I look like Harry Potter's understudy, I get it. The three 16-year-olds in the back got that joke. <laughs> what? <laughs> you look like you're younger than me, which I look like I'm fucking 12. <laughs> How old are you guys? 23. 23? I'm fucking older than you, nailed it. I'm 24, so... I tell you what, 23, a lot of shit happens in that year. You get the hope kicked out of you real quick. The 24th birthday, boom! Go to hell, okay. The way I look, it's not, like the way I look's never helped me in a fight, because I don't look intimidating, because I don't have, there's a lot of people naughty, a lot of people are like, yeah, this guy gets his ass kicked on the race. Because I, I, I just don't have the classic face, you know, I don't have the face that says, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Well, my face says, is, hey man, I'll write a poem. Shit, you better stand back, I got stanzas, motherfuckers. <laughs> No March degree? No, no. Believe it or not, I've never been in a fight. Um, they're laughing at the straight lines. I'm in front of that. They can't tell the difference. I don't know if that's good or bad. I've only seen one fight, and uh, it was in the middle of one of my shows, so that's the energy I'm used to from a crowd. It's not all my fault. I got booked at this show, this tiny shithole bar in this little, just little bitty Iowa town. Like, you type the name of this town into Google, and Google goes, that's not a place. Don't fucking go there. So I got booked there, and I'm doing the show, and it's going pretty well. Like, way better than this, right? And 36 minutes into my set, and I'll never forget it, because I checked, I need to know the time. There's a guy on this side of the bar, and he's just a little loud. And I'm used to that, I'm in bars all the time, people are loud. But there's a guy on this side of the bar that hears some of the shit this guy's saying, and he ain't having it. So this guy walks in front of me, and goes and starts confronting this guy. And I'm just trying to keep an eye on it, maintain the show, convince myself, drunk people are usually pretty reasonable, right? Like, they'll, they'll work this out on their own. So I'm doing the show, and then after about five minutes, I hear something, something gonna slap you, and everything stops. Guy gets punched. Guy gets smacked. Then they just hit the ground. They're just punching, crossing, sweating. There's blood and teeth. Cut! Sucker, you fucking asshole! There's a 75-year-old man sitting at the bar. He's just part of the bar. He doesn't know there's a show going on. He was there when they built the place. Every bar has one, right? Um, so this guy looks up from his beer, sees them fighting, and says out loud, fuck it, I want to fight too. Now there's three guys, punching, cursing, swearing. I'm on stage, and you see the bar made a mistake. They paid me ahead of time, which they didn't do here. They're smart, they're like, let's see how this goes first. I'm not gonna let the ink dry up and check that fast. 
So I knew dick jokes are not going to follow this fist fight. So I said, fuck it, you can't top that. Dropped the mic and I ran out to my car. I'm sitting in my car, collecting myself, calling people, telling them, you've got to believe what just happened. And somehow the fight followed me outside. And it's these two big guys and one little guy. And these two big guys are like, going to try to kick this little guy's ass. But little motherfucker knew Kung Fu or something. Knock them both out. Don't even know if they're alive. So I get home. I'm home probably 20 minutes, and my phone buzzes, and it's a text message from the owner of that bar, and it just says, we'd love to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking book it, I need another story, that'd be great. Jesus. You ever sneeze out of your ass? No. I feel like I'm not on purpose. I feel like I just divided the room because half of you are like, this guy's fucking weird. But the other half are like, well, there's probably a story. We gotta hear the story. <laughs> I was staying at a Motel 6 in the middle of Illinois. It was after a show, it was late, and I was changing out of jeans, putting on pajamas, getting ready to go to bed. And I cut a fart, and when it fell out of my ass, you see, it wasn't shit. Because, like, usually somebody says, that's a shark. It wasn't a shark. If it was shit, I could have dealt with it. What came out of my ass, you know how, like, when you sneeze on your arm when you're driving, and it's just that clear pink, right out, it looked like I came on this hotel floor, right? And I fucking left it there, because it was a Motel 6. At home, you have to fucking move. You can't do that. <laughs> But a motel is the cleanest thing on the floor, right? <laughs> if we're going to act like people in this room haven't shit their pants, I have nothing left to say to people. <laughs> shit your pants. If you haven't shit your pants at least twice, you don't deserve the right to vote. I'm sorry, because you don't know how to handle anything. Until you shit your pants in public and had to figure a way out of it, you're not ready to be in charge of anything. You can't be a parent. My girlfriend shook pants about three weeks ago. She's not here. Let's fucking talk about it. We went to a Mexican restaurant and she was driving. Never shook my pants. You've never shook your pants? Well, I guess what? Tonight's probably your night. It will happen. Everybody shakes their pants. Or they, you've never even had a close call? I hope she did. You're full of shit. Yes, you have. Yes, you lying sack of shit. You see, yeah, but it'll happen. You see, like, people that don't shit their pants early on, it comes later. <laughs> That's what it depends on for, honey. It's gonna come really hard and fast. I will call you and tell you if I do. Well, first off, no way I'm giving you my phone <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm it's fine. It's, it's, like it's great. Right. I don't give a fuck. This show fucking <laughs> This, I came in with a good attitude, and you guys kind of gave me the fuck this guy. So you know what? <laughs> fuck you. I'm just gonna have fun. I don't give a fuck. Go ahead. So oh, you're, now, now you're in charge. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so let's get back to what I was talking about. Pretty much. My shit. My girlfriend shit. <laughs> Again, she's not here. Uh -huh. She was yeah, I think so. At this point, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> we were driving out of this Mexican restaurant. So she was driving, I was in the passenger seat, and she cut a fart and immediately says, I think I just shit my pants. And I said, You should probably know. Like <laughs> the person with the shit in the pants, I have no idea. So what I said, so I let you check. And what I meant was just kind of feel it out to see what's happening. You know, you can wiggle around in the seat, kind of That's not how my girl thinks. She says, all right, pulls up to a stoplight, pulls her fucking cooch out and goes, hey, yeah, there's shit in there. <laughs> yeah, she's still in there. Yeah, she's still in uh, that's her bad, right? Like, yeah. That makes her look bad. <laughs> and you had a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I got another story, right? My favorite shit in your pants story, though. Yes, we're still talking about this. 
one of my buddies named John. Now, John's older than me. John's married and has some kids that are fully grown. And when he told me this story, I stopped him in the middle of it, and I said, i got to write this down. So he was visiting one of his kids with his wife, and they were sleeping in the living room on an air mattress. In the morning, they wake up, and they both feel wet. They throw the sheets back. And during the night, my buddy shotgun diarrhea all over this airline with his wife in bed with him. And we're all thinking the same thing, so they're divorced, right? No. His wife fucking snapped into gear, man. She saw all that shit and went, all right, listen to me. I'm going to go get in the shower because there's, quote, not that much on me. You stay in bed. You just lay around with the grandkids, they gotta leave for the day. When everybody leaves, when everybody leaves, we'll gather up the sheets, take it to a laundromat, and nobody will know the difference. And you know, that's exactly who you need to marry. A woman who at your wedding looks at you and goes, this guy's gonna shit the bed with me in it. I gotta have a plan. I can't crack under the pressure. This is fucking wartime. Cause everybody, he'll blame me, I know him. Alright. <laughs> You're gonna be alright? You okay? Are you laughing or coming? I can't tell what's happening. You know what? Either way's good. Well, let's just hope Either way's good. That, let's just hope she's not shitting. She said she's never shit her pants. That would be so fucking great. If she shits her pants in the middle of this, that would make my life. I, could, I would quit stand up tonight. somebody that our age is supposed to have. People our age aren't even supposed to know who their doctors are, really. They're just supposed to, for me, it's just supposed to be a guy you see a couple times a year as he squeezes your balls and you leave. But I called to make an appointment, and they, I said, I'd like to make an appointment with Lance, and they said, well, he's been excommunicated. Oh, wonderful, great news. Explains all the Barry White prostate exams that I had. <laughs> so I was nervous because I'm not good at meeting new people. Like, you guys got the vibe at the beginning of the show. I put off kind of like a praying mantis, what the fuck vibe. So I'm nervous meeting new people. And I walk into this doctor's office, and the first thing I notice, every one of her plants, dead. And I'm thinking, this kind can't take care of a ficus. She's not going to have any idea what's going on with me. So she finally comes in, and I meet her, and she's actually pretty cool. Like, I got her to swear, I made her laugh a couple times. But she's too attractive for me to tell her everything that's wrong with me. Like, you don't want a hot doctor. You want a doctor that looks like, unfortunately, you, actually. You're the ideal look for a doctor. I don't give a fuck what I tell you. But this doctor that I have, she's too attractive that I can't bring up things that I need to bring up. Like, there's a mole on my neck that changes colors. Can't talk about that with a pretty girl. My ass sweats. My ass sweats enough that in the summers, when I wear shorts, strangers will stop me on the street and go, hey, what's dripping down your leg? Oh, it's my fucking ass. <laughs> my ass sweats so much that in high school, I used to leave puddles of sweat on the little plastic chairs in all the classrooms. All the other kids, when the bell would ring, they'd get to get up and move on with their day. I had to develop a technique to kind of get the sweat off of the chair without everybody knowing that's what I was doing. So the bell would ring, and you don't have to look, because you know the sweat's there. It's part of your day. The bell would ring, everybody else would stand up, and I kind of had to do this, like, squeegee move with my eyes. Like a Beyonce dance move or some shit. And the secret to that is you have to wear dark-colored pants, because if you use gray pants, there's going to be a spot, and I made that mistake a couple times before I learned about it. But... You don't want to talk about sweat when a pretty doctor. My ass also bleeds. Not like I got my period, but I'm definitely spotting. It's another way concern. <laughs> and for a long time, it was really concerning because this is fucking not supposed to bleed. And I finally figured out why my ass bleeds. It's because I'm in hotels too much, and hotels refuse to get decent toilet paper. And it doesn't matter what kind of hotel you stay at. I've stayed at every possible type of hotel. I stayed at this one hotel in the middle of Illinois. 
that was just a Morton building that a guy put three beds in. I called the book the room, he answered the phone by going, what? I, I, I'd like to make a reservation. Oh, shit, yeah. Forgot that he owned a fucking hotel. Thank Christ I called. After, he gets like a page and a half of information from me, and then he goes, oh yeah, what's your name? I said, Carl Gennetto. And he goes, well, that's not Jewish. Why would you bring that up? Right now? Are you pro-Jew, anti-Jew? What's the... Talk about Palestine? I have no idea what that even means, sir. My point is that I've stayed everywhere. I stayed in a Kansas City, go fuck yourself, man. I stayed at a hotel last night here in town where even the soap was dirty. Do you know what I'm saying? The back door of the hotel doesn't lock. It's just open. And, but the good news is, is the hotel I was at, I could find any drug that I ever wanted to do. So that was positive. <laughs> So I've stayed everywhere. I've, I've even stayed at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. The Bellagio used to be one of the nicest hotels on the Strip. It's the one with the big fountain that goes off every hour. Bellagio, every room at the Bellagio has marble floors, golden light fixtures, five television sets. In the bathroom, there's a sauna, a shower, a jacuzzi, and for some reason, 40 grit sandpaper. How about we invest one of the money from one of those five TVs and get some Charmin so I don't have to walk around Vegas with a goddamn tampon in my asshole. <laughs> and you don't want to talk about that with a pretty doctor. <laughs> the only problems I can bring to my doctor are problems like, God, your dick's too big, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> this has been bothering me all night. The noises are fucking great, but as soon as it's over, 
over, it just becomes that's not a noise that humans make. That's a broken sweet zone. That's what that is. Porn after you come is like dessert on Thanksgiving. You're so full. You couldn't eat another bite. But then they bring out the steam thing with whipped cream on it, and your pants are already undone, so you might as well go for it. Oh, you guys are like this. Um, I had a part-time job for a little while, because my career is on fucking fire. Um, you two need to be up here because... Because they're laughing. Because they're laughing and they're having fun, and they don't want me to know it, is the thing. They're rubbing it in my face. They're like, we are enjoying this, but also fuck you. <laughs> so I had a part-time job, and the biggest problem with it was I, I don't work well with a boss, you may understand. But fortunately, my boss there had the brain of a 14-year-old, so I got, I'm 12, so it worked, right? He used to like to fuck with me in just weird ways, like, he, every week he would pay me with a check. And I'd take the check to the bank, and one of the last checks he gave me, I walked into the bank, and the teller lady says, we've really been getting a kick out of all of these recent checks. And I didn't know what that meant. So I looked at the check, and in the memo line, my employer wrote for partial sex change. <laughs> I had worked there about a year at that point. On every one of my checks. Yeah. I keep waiting for the phone call. Mr. Joe, uh, we have some documentation here that says you were involved in the sex trafficking of goats. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, that my boss did it or that my bank was cool with it. They're like, yeah, what do you do? Blow a midget? Fuck it, let's bring him in. Let's do it. <laughs> or some other reference. I don't fucking know. Go. You guys moved, I didn't have to yell at you too much. 
You've been hanging on from the beginning. You've been really paying attention to what I'm saying. You're either really interested in what I'm saying or you're confused and you're trying to figure it out. You're interested? I don't think so. I don't buy it. No, like, that's not true. Well, she kind of told me I was going to give her my number, which is, I, I kind of like it. It's aggressive. It's, uh, I know that she's forward. It's nice. <laughs> what the fuck happened to the show, Stacey? We came in, we were like, we're going to make an album, and it's going to be fucking great. And both nights ended just like this. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um... Okay. I was talking about porn a little bit ago. This isn't in the act. This is just a thing that's been tinkering around in my head that I'm trying to work out. There, there is an entire subsection of pornography. She's lying to her There's an entire subsection of pornography called. Are you going to the bathroom? You're gonna piss or shit, Liam? No, I ain't. Okay, make it quick, boy. Destroyed neighborhoods, 
families' houses, 200-year-old businesses just gone, they don't exist anymore. And then that night, the local weathermen and the national weathermen had the fucking balls to come on TV and be like, it's not coming! They came out of nowhere! Yeah, that's what tornadoes do. They show up, they kick ass, and they leave. Your whole job is to watch for that shit, and then you give us a heads up. If anybody in this room fucked up at work so bad that an entire street town got ruined, you would be fired, but instead they just chalked it up to, well, Chad, you can't be right all the time. <laughs> but, you know what, the day before, he told us there was going to be sprinkles, and he fucking nailed that. I hate when my glasses get all misty. <laughs> and you know, while I'm fucking pissed off, I'm fucking pissed off. I get so much shit from people our age about the kind of music that I like. What kind of shit do you guys listen to? Punk? No fuck? Are you, really? All of it. All of it besides country. So you're kind of like me. Give me some names of people you like. Kiss is fucking Paul Stanley. I, 
You do look like Jerry Garcia a little bit. <laughs> Thank you for pointing it out. It's been driving me crazy. Who the fuck is it that this guy looks like? We got, we got fucking Jim Marbles. They used to tell me I looked like Peter Parker in high school. I don't think that's for that. <laughs> My biggest problem with Kiss is fucking Paul Stanley. I hate Paul Stanley with such a passion. If you don't listen to Kiss, Kiss has all these heavy guitar songs. And in concert, they go, they don't just go song, song, song. They go song, stop, song, stop, song, stop. And in the little stops, Paul Stanley thinks he has to fill that with dialogue. And instead of just being natural about it, he does over-rehearsed, forced transitions that anybody can see a mile away. Tonight, when you get home, go to YouTube, type in Kiss Alive, and all the elements, That's usually 
room so bad. She was, it felt like she wasn't supposed to be there. But she comes up to me, she comes up to me, and she's topless, and she goes, so, uh, you have a girlfriend, huh? I said, yeah. She says, you interested in the three-way? Let me make a quick phone call. <laughs> Hey, babe, uh, oh yeah, that private party, turns out they're fucking swingers, and uh, you're not gonna believe this, there's a chick here, she wants to fuck both of us, and I thought, yeah, well, it's kind of two against one at this point, hon, <laughs> alright, okay, yeah, she said no fucking way, I have to be home in five minutes, <laughs> she's gonna change lots. <laughs> I'll never fuck, you know what, I don't always do this, but you guys won't remember tonight. Millville, Iowa. Fuck you so hard, Millville, Iowa. I will never go back to Millville, Iowa because of one woman. One woman ruined an entire town for me for the rest of my life. This show was unlike any of my, most, sh most shows I do, it's free, like this. You come in, I'm a side attraction, and I ruin people's nights, right? That's kind of my forte. But at this show, they decided to charge a cover. It was $15, and I didn't see a penny of that. I just want you to know that. But then we're gonna keep that 15 bucks for the house. Here's a, we'll throw a cheeseburger down your throat, play it. And this woman walks in, and her name's Kim. I'll never fucking forget. She's sitting about where you are. And Kim is like in her mid-60s, probably. And she wasn't drinking enough for that to be her excuse. I think she was just a fucking cunt. I really do. I think it was that simple. It was that simple. So she starts heckling, but not like heckling, because a heckler yells, you suck, or that's not funny. Kim just yelled random shit. I have four granddaughters. I have nine sweaters at home. Who fucking cares, Kim? And I thought she'd stop. No, fucking all night, just throwing random bullshit at a dartboard, hoping I'd latch onto something. You should meet my granddaughter. Her name is Susie. I'm gonna fucking kill you, Kim. And I was hoping, because the audience started to turn on her, because they bought a ticket too. They came to see an adequate comedian. But Kim decided the night needed to be for her. And I'm trying to get the bar to get Kim out, but no, that's fucking Kim. Everybody loves Kim. Everybody Just random bullshit, you know? Sometimes if you take the cap off a glue bottle, it gets stuck to itself. Who fucking cares? <laughs> so I finally just say, fuck you, Cam. I ignore her. I let her just get it all out. I tried the hacker technique where you just start hitting them. Not literally. Well, I wanted to. But, but she just kept fucking doing it. And I finished the show exactly like this. I say, Thank you, good night, go fuck yourself, Cam, I hope you die. <laughs> and I ran to the bathroom. So I'm in the bathroom, pissing, and on the door, I hear... I open it, it's fucking Cam, like Jack Nicholson in that one movie. Here's Timmy, right? <laughs> and she starts berating me, you had no right to fucking talk. She talked like this in her 60s, fucking grow up, Cam. I came in here trying to have a good night, and you just started fucking picking on me. And I said, you talked for, have you never been in public before? There's a show going, yeah, but you gotta learn how to take it. You gotta know how to deal with people. Kim, I've been doing this shit 10 years. I've never met you before. It's gone fine without you so far. And then she starts just looking for shit. You don't sell t-shirts, I wanna buy a t-shirt. Well, fucking, Kim, I don't have t-shirts. You should have t-shirts so I can pay for a t-shirt. And I just said, you know what? You ruined the night for everybody. Instead of letting everybody else have fun, you decided to be selfish and make it about yourself. I understand that you bought a ticket, but so did everybody else. You have to think about everybody, not just you, Kim. And then she goes, you know, I think you're cute. I said, that is not how tonight is ending. <laughs> I am not going to fuck Kim in the back of my CRV again. Again. <laughs> doing this shit so long. I've been doing this shit since before high school. That's how fucking long I've been doing this shit. I don't know about you guys, but 
Do you remember in high school, the week of graduation, when you were like, we're going to hang out forever. We'll see each other every week. And then you graduate, and two weeks later you go, fuck oh, these people. And then you slowly start to realize that all your high school friends were just your friends because you saw them every day. You met, same with your high school girlfriend. She made the best of a bad situation. We had three classes together, and I can tolerate you. Let's make this work. All the, the only communication I have with people from high school is like I'll occasionally be scrolling through Facebook or Twitter, and I'll see something, and I'll be like, hey, that's right, you exist. Unfollow, I don't care what you're doing. You know? <laughs> well, Chad and I are getting engaged. You know what? Fuck Chad. And fuck you, we weren't friends. Why was I following you in the first place? There is no better feeling than the day you realize you're never forced to talk to them some cocksuckers from high school ever again. Nothing happened, I just fucking hate them. Yeah, but all these fucking people I went to high school with are fucking getting married now, and that's disgusting. I can't. My parents were 18 when they got married. That's fucking crazy. 18. I can't even imagine having been ready for marriage when I was 18. When I was doing when I was 18, eating Doritos, and that is it. I wasn't thinking about my future. I was thinking, God, these are pretty good. I'll straight through from my mouth. Now here's why that's funny. My mom came and saw me do a show, and I did that joke. And after the show, she came up to me and corrected me. She said, you know, your dad and I were actually 19 when we got married. Big fucking difference. <laughs> only difference between 18 and 19 are eating sun chips. It's the only difference. <laughs> because you're getting older, your metabolism slowing down, and you start getting gut and find yourself in front of a room full of strangers without a strong closer. <laughs> high school is a weird time, man. It can fuck you up. Like, when I was in high school, we used to play this game called Marry, Fuck, Kill. Is it? I assume some people, uh, Jenna Marbles has played the fuck out of this game. I guarantee you that. <laughs> Marry, Fuck, Kill. If you've never played the game, it's a great game. The idea behind the game is one person is in charge, and they hand out a list of three people. And then everybody else has to marry one of those people, kill one of those people, and have sex with one of those people. But it is hypothetical. That's important to know. They didn't tell me the first time. They were like, yo, Janelle, marry one, fuck one, kill one, go. And it was terrifying because I was still into it. I was like, one of those is sex? All right, whatever it takes. I'm 15. Let's do this. <laughs> Straight to go to jail, I guess. I don't but that's not the point. The point is, when we would play this, if I got to be the guy in charge, if I was throwing out the names, I'd always throw myself into the mix just to see where I ranked, right? Like, dip my toe in the pool. And no matter what, the girls would never say I was the one they would have sex with. It did not matter who I was up against. There was always some kind of an excuse. Well, Hitler had had a couple of good qualities, right? What the hell are talking about? You'd rather sleep with a dictator who's dead, and I'm right here, and I'm a C average student. That's not that bad. You don't get up. Some of that shit in middle school and high school, you just never fucking get over. There was a girl on my high, on my middle school bus. She was kind of a hot girl, not really, but you know, it was a girl, and I was wearing shorts. And the girl, not even thinking about it, says to me, your legs are too pasty white to wear shorts. The next time I wore shorts in public was last fucking year. <laughs> this shit sticks with me. Middle school is a powerful time. It can fucking change your life. There was a girl in middle school that I had a crush on for like three weeks straight. And in middle school, that's an eternity. If you like the same girl for three weeks, Fuck yeah, wedding bills, let's have kids, right? <laughs> so I finally worked up the courage to ask this girl out. And all my friends were like, you got this dude, because they knew no fucking chance. <laughs> so I asked her out, she said no, I moved on, forgot about it. Didn't talk to this girl or hear from her for eight years. Three months ago, I'm sitting at home, and my phone buzzes, and it says I have a new Facebook friend request and an Instagram follower. And it's that girl. It's the girl from middle school. 
and I'm scrolling through her Instagram, and she is a legitimate model now. She has 7,000 Instagram followers. She has deals with CoverGirl. She poses with things that she's selling. Like, I don't know why that works, but it does. I'm buying it. I just thought it was fascinating that as far back as middle school, this girl knew she was going to be a success, and I was going to end up talking about her tits in a dimly lit bar. <laughs> that kind of intuition at 14 years old, that fucking needs to be harnessed or something. And we are going to talk about our tits, because I found a picture of them. Um, I did the deep dive on the Instagram, and she's a nude model, too. There's pictures on her Instagram. People have done paintings of her naked. And I noticed something. Nude artwork, the detail from here to here, is always fucking flawless. But then the artist gets to the face and goes, hmm, no one's paying attention. <laughs> I mean, as long as you have tips, you can still be an art model, right? <laughs> Nudes are important. If you don't send them, fucking get on. Because new, a nude picture from a girl to a guy is the best thing that's ever happened to him. But a naked picture of a man to a woman can ruin that woman's life. <laughs> so there are a couple rules for sending nude pics. Guys, don't fucking do it. Doesn't look good in real life. Doesn't look good on camera, keep it in pants. Now women, unfortunately, there's a couple more rules. Rule number one, you gotta have the camera at a high angle. Somebody did some fucking study and apparently everybody looks good like this. And those two chicks in the back of back me up in this. They got the whole fucking studio, I know. Like, if you've ever received a new pic from a woman, guys, okay, she knows exactly how to make it look. You gotta have the camera up, you gotta have one foot in front of the other, you gotta somehow manage to get your tits and your ass in the same photo, don't even know how to do it. And then you gotta look stoic, and you can't really look at the camera, but you can't not look at the camera. But the biggest thing is you can't fucking smile. Because as soon as you smile, it turns all the sleek sexiness just into fucking hee-haw. <laughs> Dead retreat somewhere. <laughs> and this next part, I'm debating on telling you. Do it. Do it. It happened, to, I haven't talked about it on stage very much yet. It happened. Fuck it, alright, there's not that many people here. I'm amongst friends, okay. Here's what I'm afraid of, though. If I tell you this and you don't laugh hard enough, then I just bared my soul with the most embarrassing thing I've ever done for no reason. But if you laugh, I can be like, yeah, see, it was a joke. <clears throat> Alright, fuck it, I don't give a shit. I'm not gonna remember tonight anymore. <laughs> so, I broke one of the rules, and I sent my girlfriend a naked picture. Now, you should know, at the time, me and my girlfriend had been together for about three years. I didn't, like, pull a Louis C.K. on the first date and just whip it out. Allie and I have seen everything. I accidentally walked into an alley having a diarrhea shit three weeks into our relationship. There are no fucking borders, okay? So I sent her this naked picture of myself, and something you need to know about Allie and I, we... We, treat, we play this game with sex where it's like an inconvenience. Like, uh-oh, what do I do with this, right? It's fucking embarrassing, but it's what we do. <laughs> so, I sent her this picture, and I didn't hear back right away. And those two chicks in the back can agree, the wait for the reply to the new picture. <laughs> long fucking week. I don't care. <laughs> Okay. Did she know it was you? Yeah, she does. <laughs> good question. You know what? Nobody knows fuck yeah, good question. She gets so many of them. <laughs> I'm gonna have to have a talk with her after the show, because uh she's raising more questions than I'm answering. So I'm really glad we got that on tape, because guess what's going to end up on the fucking album? <laughs> <laughs> so I sent, 
I sent the picture. She didn't reply. I decided to get in the shower and jerk off by myself. So I get in the shower, masturbate, I get out, and my phone is lit up, and it says I have a new Snapchat. And it's from Allie. So I look, I'm thinking, yay, titties, right? Like, I might get a dialogue going here. So I open the Snapchat, and it's a picture of five people I've never seen in my life. Three girls and two guys, I don't know any of them. And the caption under the photo says, Allison is in the middle of a presentation right now. <laughs> she will be available to help you with your little problems shortly. Oh. I forgot that Allie had an 8 o'clock class. But the thing is, I don't feel like I'm 100% to blame here. Like, what kind of a fucking lunatic leaves their phone unlocked in the middle of Four years, two months, eleven days, and seventeen hours. He's going to murder you. Okay. Yeah. 
saw a relationship right there. So Al and I have known each other for longer than we've been dating. We started out as just friends. And then we thought, this is perfect. Let's ruin it with things. And we've gone through some stuff, but every once in a while, Allie freaks out about money because we're kind of getting ready to start a life on our own and have to fucking deal with shit. And she has actual student loans. Like, she's wanting to be a teacher. I got a degree in radio broadcasting. I basically, I basically bought them lunch, right? Like, I showed up at the community college and like, you got a car? Can you take us to KFC? Yeah. All right, here's your degree. <laughs> but Allie has to go to like school and do classes and shit. So there's legitimate money there. And she panics about it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. And then we get a couple beers in us. And then we go, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You're going to be a public school teacher. I'm a road comic. We're fucked anyway. What's another 80 grand? Fuck it, we're not going to own anything. Our kids aren't even going to have shoes. Fuck it. Let's go to Vegas, Ron. What do you say? Allie and I are not like most couples our age. Like, couples our age, they're going, fuck that shit, man. Allie and I, it's like we've been married for 35 years. We look at each other and we go, you're not going anywhere. I'm certainly not going anywhere. Want sex? Nope, me neither. Back to you, girl. All right, cool. <laughs> so Allie and I aren't like most couples our age. We don't like annoying couple bullshit. Like we see old couples holding hands. Fucking stop. You don't love each other. You're holding hands the way you don't fucking fall over. We understand. <laughs> the one annoying couple thing that Allie and I do, I have a nickname for her. I call her Gator. Because her name's Allie. Allie Gator. And because if you're not careful, she'll bite your fucking head off. <laughs> and sometimes she uses too much teeth when she gives a blowjob. But that's not the part she knows about until tonight. She walks in the room and she's playing with the towel. She's like sneaking peeks, and I'm like, hey, might get a fucking show, alright? And then she keeps going. She pulls the towel over her face, and I'm thinking, alright. She pulls it over one eye, makes a hook with her hand, looks me in the eyes, and goes, Arr. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Do you just want me to talk about this on stage? Is that what it is? Because it can't be easy dating with me. Right? Fortunately, I've never had to do it. But being a comedian, I feel like it's a lot, it's a lot like being arrested. Because anything you say can and will be used against you in front of strangers when you're not around. So, but Allie and I, she, we kind of reached this agreement where I'm allowed to talk about shit on stage, but that also means she's allowed to talk about shit with whoever she wants. She doesn't understand the difference between talking to a group of our friends and talking to, oh, my parents. She told my parents how one time, when everyone was drunk, I offered to have sex with her brother-in-law. Now, <laughs> hilarious story to a group of friends sitting around drinking beer. Not at all funny to my mom when she's eating linguine. <laughs> Allison told her entire extended family, not her parents, not her brothers, fuckers I've never even met, how one time during sex I accidentally licked her asshole. <laughs> and here's the thing, I lied to her a little bit, it wasn't an accident, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> Yeah, 
Like if you lick the ass and she goes, oh yeah, you fucking G7 up, baby. 